Hi everybody, welcome to Human Wavelengths, uh, aka or formerly known as uh, Millennial Wavelengths. I've expanded it to Human Wavelengths so that we can chat to people of all ages. But of course, as you know, I'm really interested in talking to a lot of young people, so that will continue. Today's guest is James Flynn, and James is a, an entrepreneur, a company director, amazing, amazing young man, um, and a really interesting conversation. We both have strong interests in society, and please enjoy the conversation. What are three areas you want to talk about, and could be anything? Tech, what politics, you... and economics. Well, I did. <laughs> I was like, sorry. I wrote religion, politics, conspiracies. Oh, I love it. I love it. That's so good. But just because, yeah. Oh, I can talk about anything, Michelle. I know you can talk about anything. This is With you. Religion, that is fascinating. I didn't know I was allowed to go there. Yeah, why um, not? Oh, I could go there. Why not? Because it's, yeah. I yeah. mean, I'm in a stage where I'm sort of so confused by life, what's going on everywhere. And, but also um, a little bit of hope. I, I, I need to get more hope. Like, I'll give you an example. I've been listening to Lex Fridman. And if you haven't listened to him, you've got to listen to him. He's a MIT professor, artificial intelligence, but he's got podcasts. And he interviews people from left, right, you name it. Historians, academics, Elon Musk, uh, Mark Zuckerberg. He just interviewed The Beast. Mm. Um, you know, which I didn't really know about. The reason I'm bringing this up is in the tech world, it was quite interesting for me because Lex Fridman for me is someone that's like, I listened to three podcasts and my intelligence went up 10 years. Yeah. Right? <laughs> that's what I think. Because of the people, so I'm hopeless with names. So I'll try and find some of the names because you'll probably recognize some of the names. I think that the key I like is he talks to them for like two hours, which I, I think a long conversation is very good. And to Absolutely. be honest, that's why I started this. Yeah. Because everyone was only taking little bite sizes about millennials and it wasn't fair. Yeah. And it was really annoying me. You like a millennial, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. How old are you? I'm 34. 34. So, yeah. so I, I count as the uh, lower end of the uh, millennial spectrum. Yes, exactly. Um, so he interviewed Kanye. That was interesting. <laughs> but he interviews like um, John Height. Talks about social psychology. Like, yeah, well, that was one of my yeah. favorite ones. Well, that was really interesting because he talked to Mark Zuckerberg sort of before that and his view on social. And then John Jonathan had a different view on social and the effects of, especially on young women. But the guy I'm thinking of... Um, yeah, that's what I These are historians. Now Ferguson, he wrote this book called Empire. Douglas and... Murray. Oh, yes. Douglas yes, Murray, yes, right? Yes. And yes. that was really interesting for me, like, you know. But there's so, so many different people, right? Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. The only issue for me was the last one was with Mr. Beast because then I had this moment where it's like, oh, this is very. There's all these blokes that are talking about tech. And they like to form a little club and interview each other. Like even all the podcasters. Yeah. They're all interviewing each other. They're all the blokes. Yep. You've got your 
Piers Morgan, you've got George Peterson, you've got Joe Rogan, you've got... I mean, Lex is a completely different human being. He's sort of more about the love, right? Yeah, he's, yeah. right? He's a different sort of human being. He's not about the likes and the, the rest of it. And then when he's interviewing Mr. Beast, Mr. Beast is sort of... He's got all these friends that he hangs around and they go and do crazy stuff and get a lot of views and, you know, make money, right? And I think most men want to do that. Of course, right? Well, I'm sure some women do as well. But I think it's more... I had this moment where I'm like, this is like a boy's game. They all get to just play games. Let's go and bury myself for 50 days and we'll get a million views. That should be fun. And then they, all these young boys are watching it. Man. <laughs> the incentive mechanisms of YouTube are whacked out of proportion. Yes. I, I don't know if you heard this and, and it might be just a, a, a fable, but um, they say of TikTok in America that obviously the algorithm drives behaviors that are, um, let's just say they, they tend towards the middle. And so you have people who are trying to dance for a living and become influencers off the basis of, you know, rudimentary skills. In yes. China, the algorithm aims to try and force on you things like technology and science so mm -hmm. that you go down your pathways of interest. And that actually you're not trying to go, oh, I'm a dancer for the living. You know, I'm going to become a science commentator. I'm going to of actually course, go into, yeah. into that. And so I think there's a, a big role that technology plays in how do we reward individuals. Because at the end of the day, yep. people, um, yes, they choose to watch a thing. Like I'm a massive nerd. And so I love watching the tech channel of yeah. CES just happen. Yeah. But ultimately, I'm still being presented information. Yes. And the algorithm of YouTube and the algorithm of TikTok are the things that determine here what society use. And it's a bit like we have this governor of information mm. that no one is keeping accountable. Like Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and it's really hurting society. It's gravely so. It's, it's fascinating, right? So one of the, one of the experiments, so again, work, work in politics, have, have clients in politics. And um, in America, one of the things they choose to do, right, and you really can only do it with large population sets of like 350 million, right? Mm. 350 million compared to 25, you can make some mistakes, you can trial things, and mm. there's not really a net loss. Yep. In Australia, you can't actually do that that much because, mm. again, 25 million, 16 million voting population, you just can't get that far. Yeah. But in America, what they do is they say, hi, in the last presidential, they will generate 200,000 unique ad campaigns. Mm. They'll have five different organizations, so not even teams, just mm. organizations as part of the presidential mm. running those campaigns, mm. and they'll just vary everything. And it's like it's a scattergun approach. They just mm. throw everything at the wall at mm. the market and sees what sticks. Yeah. And so ultimately, right, like that's not necessarily the wrong idea, but like you said, it's what are these digital people doing to society? Well, they're sort of just playing games up until a point which they win. Digital is far more appealing, and just in my world, it's far more appealing to marketers because I can present to you a real-time dashboard, mm -hmm. and that is that is a hundred percent what you know any client wants. They're like, oh, I can see it working, I can see the pipeline coming through. But ultimately, unless you have a connectivity between the person clicking on the link from Facebook all the way through to them actually signing up, exactly, you, you really just have this blind this blind exactly. pipeline. And that's um, what happened, right? It, it yeah. really came down to the accountants, the marketers, because you know I'm. A, traditional marketer was right um because that's what it was at the time and we didn't have anything to show the accountants except you know like more customer sales right we didn't we couldn't say that ad bought this in but everything that we did was increasing it we were, we were building the brand we were doing some advertising doing some other stuff and here we go you've got an increase in sales and, and everyone was sort of happy 
But digital gave marketers the ability to go into an account and say, well, I've spent this much and this came through and they told us that this results are good, so that's great and that's enough for the account. And they're like, okay, here's some money. Yeah, attribution, right? And like yeah. the irony was we used to have attribution because of the Facebook changes now, like, and just this is part of my skill set. Yeah. We, we no longer have that because Facebook won't let, you know, oh, sorry, Apple won't let Facebook track you on its app anymore. Mm-hmm. And so the irony is people think we now have this attribution, but actually we don't. And no. so we've gone really, you know, Cambridge Analytica finesse, and now yeah. we're actually sort of blowing it back out and going, oh, we're sort of guessing here. Yeah. And Facebook puts that in its, in its, platform yeah. it says hi this is actually an estimate based on general trends of what we think is happening on yeah. your website not actually what we we can attribute. yeah exactly so yeah. i mean we can't can't solve marketing and it's boring like it's annoying but that's what's funding that's what's funding all this um people who think they can just go and dance for their life <laughs> dance exactly. for their life or bury exactly. themselves for 50 day hours or whatever or you know that's what's funding that right? exactly and ultimately like what is the money behind that right it's what what are human beings respond to do they really go and say hey this is an informed opinion this is a philosopher talking or they're like no no i want to go see the guy bury himself in the sand for 50 hours yeah i mean human nature is always going to tend tend towards the thing that's easiest and lowest path in our yeah cortex i don't know about you but like i'm watching i'm watching my algorithm learn from me and i'm like oh that was a lazy afternoon's result i can see this youtube video come through because i just needed a break and i went down a rabbit hole and now it's stuck on my channel yeah 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 i mean we all have that right so I mean, I think I'm probably an extreme case. I can be like listening to Lex Friedman where he's got somebody talking about, um, I don't know, some scientific stuff that I'm listening to and I, I might understand one minute of the hour, right? But I'll still listen to it. So I could do that and then I can watch Love Island, right? <laughs> but, but I'm a consumer behaviorist, right? So I'm, I'm studying people. And when I watch something like Love Island, every year I've noticed the changes in the way women are acting or how society, you know. I mean, they're the, they're the extreme end. But there's less boob jobs now, for example. Fascinating. <laughs> and, um, and women are a little bit, you know, they're standing up for themselves a little bit more. They're not as... Yeah, interesting. Uh, uh, yeah, so that's... Uh, yeah, but you could write a PhD. Could, <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> I could definitely write... The social trends <laughs> of Love Island. There we go. The... Oh, it's scary. <laughs> it's scary. Yeah, but, so I worry about tech. I think, um, I think it, like, a lot of human beings aren't fully aware of what it looks like inside the box. Yeah. It is a black box. And so I think if we don't come to challenge that, whether that means government, whether mm. that means self-regulation, whether that means, you know, the industry getting its shit together... I, I worry that the impact on society is going to be quite significant. Absolutely. And for my generation, we grew up with it. So my genuine concern is the mental well-being of my, my generation. Exactly. Has, has been gutted. It has been gutted. Because we've just been given these tools. We don't know what impacts they have. Exactly. And that's why I'm really doing this podcast, right? It's not, and I haven't even tried to really market this. This has been a research project for me. It's It's much more about me... And, and I've learned a lot from it, but it's been really, uh, you know, if they, they should take PhD by podcast, but anyhow. <laughs> they used to, it's called a Viva. That's, that's a thing. You, know, you, you chatted know. for an hour and then they gave you a PhD. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Bloody <laughs> hell. But, but you're right. It's like, um, so there's all sorts of things, right? It's, um, 
Like people in my, what I've learned over the years is people build self-esteem by making mistakes, right? By, by doing something themselves, learning they can do it themselves, and then feeling that little bit of pride and realizing what they're capable of. You take that away from them. They're not building self-esteem. And then you increase the expectations, which we've done for young people. Yep. You guys could all be King Kong, right? Yep. Here we go. Then we completely fuck them over. But then we keep trying to help them instead of making them fight through it. Yeah. But technology has to have, it doesn't have enough feminine side. So Siri flirts with you. Who built that in? <laughs> Who built... I guess I Dudes, <laughs> there was some middle manager there going, "Yeah, that's a great idea. Let's let's make Siri flirti- flirtations." I, I don't have the male voice on the Siri, but I would I would hope and think that the male voice would. I haven't even tried. I mean, that's probably the irony. Is I don't think women would flirt with it. Maybe they do. <laughs> I haven't even thought about that. I mean, I have thought about having the male voice, but I've never thought about flirting with it. Mm. <laughs> that says a lot. I- Honestly, at this point, I just hate Siri. It's my problem. <laughs> well, I don't use it. Yeah, I don't use it. Um, and that's... I just didn't want to. I don't know why. I, I just, <laughs> oh. but, but I think it's... Um, yeah, that's something that we have to build in because it's not... Um, I mean, you know, like it's really... it's What I'm finding is really where's this line for um, fun, like... Like, it is fun that Siri flirts, and that's fun. Like, I like anything that's fun, right? But where's that line where it's... Because I don't want to cut everything out. The moment we're in a society where we're trying to cut everything out, and no one's allowed to have fun, no one's allowed to say anything, no one's allowed to do anything. Yep. So there's no fun, there'll be no fun, um, but you can dance, right? (laughs) Well, it's interesting. Like, you're you're so right. Like, but... TikTok, do they, I must admit, I haven't used TikTok for a little while now, but do they have like prompts? It's the companies, companies who do, like if I, I build software for a living. So when you've got a help help response and you're like, oh, okay, there was an error. Is it like you've got an error 101 or whoops it easy, this didn't work, let's come back later. Like the funness in the appeal comes from how the companies think of themselves and they're always so, so gray and serious and banal and I, mm. I just hate that. Because, yes. again, it's like I'm really just trying to buy a thing online. Yeah. Like, let's not get to, oh, contact customer support. Just be like, if you can introduce fun, I think those companies get rewarded yes. at times. Yeah, I agree. I, I think they do. I think I think we're – I mean, that was my whole issue with millennials. When they first started coming to the workforce, they're so serious. They're so, they've got their list of everything that they have to achieve, and off they go and they're so into achieving and when i achieve that everything will be wonderful and no it's not okay <laughs> and and then though you know offended by everything not not so much you know it's i think it's when people are in their 20 to 30 so the yeah, gen yeah. z are taking that over now but that's when they're more offended oh, i'm uh, offended by that <laughs> I mean, i'm offended by everything these days just to fit in i mean I constantly agree. Isn't that just a pathetic state of existence? So I really, I hate it. I hate hate it. it. I hate it too. It's like, it's just embarrassing. It's, um... It's virtue signaling. Sorry, and I'm pretty, I have a strong opinion on this. I think it's virtue signaling in order to fit in. I think people, when they sit down and actually have debates, I I challenge young people all the time on issues, right? Like, and I have a lot of fun with it. I'm like, why is it you think that that is unacceptable? What philosophical treatise... 
did you base that on <laughs> that freedom of speech wasn't allowed anymore or that yes. you know you shouldn't have your ideas challenged and they're like oh well that's offensive and I was like just because you're offended and, and you know this is what the Ricky Gervaises of the world love just because you're offended didn't mean it was necessarily wrong to challenge exactly. your idea we come from liberal Western liberalism and Western liberalism is the root in which all ideas must be challenged yes. in order for them to flourish and I get really shitty Good. when young people you know, yeah. do not allow their thoughts to be challenged and unfortunately car like carve out a niche where they're trying to be safe and realize that actually they're just doing themselves a decade or two of disservice. Absolutely. And it's just but it's it's so um bizarre that we're in that state. I find it really weird and I mean I keep going to say it and think and keep saying, Don't mention it. I keep wanting to say Harry <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. I sort of don't want to mention it, but it's just like, like we're all humans with a brand. And if you're going to base your brand on whinging, (laughs) what's next? Like, because people will take it for so long and then it's like, okay, what's next? That's boring. I'm probably going to say one thing about Prince Harry. Okay. Um, Other than to say like, yeah, what happened... Sounds like he has suffered. And, you know, like, as a human being, I look at another human and go, that sucks. It doesn't look like it's been a great circumstance for anybody in that family. But what I would say is, if you look at the trending, like like politicians, we look at popularity and approval ratings. Mm. Harry's approval rating has been the most damaged out of this whole saga. Yes. Like, Prince William and the King, they themselves had had a dip, but nowhere near the significant no. detriment that Harry has. And the Oz was posting this to young people the other yeah. day, going, actually... The people who didn't whinge and just sort of shut up, they were less hurt in their reputation. Always. And you know why that is? It's just because I I think the reason Harry's copying it is because two things. One, is that really suffering? (laughs) Okay, that's one, right? Like for for people who like... If you've never really lived like a poor person, you don't really understand suffering. Or, or you know, someone who's fighting a fucking disease, like, you know. <laughs> like, I had to watch a 30-year-old friend die of bloody leukemia. Yeah, what he's yeah. gone through is not suffering, number one. Number two, don't stitch your fucking family up in public, no matter what they did. That's why people don't like it. <laughs> not not just stitch your family, but stitch your family up for money. And I think mm-hmm. that's... I was saying to someone the other day, if yeah. he had taken all of the proceeds, $100 million, yeah. and said, hey, I'm going to raise this money for charity, yeah. we would have been like, oh, okay, so you did this to say the truth and to help someone, but unfortunately, you just got paid. Yeah. And that's what you cared about. Yeah. So... Yeah, exactly. So he's lost everyone, but, you know. I mean, there'll still be some people because they like to be... They want to bring down the old. They they just want to bring down the old. They want to be outraged at something. And it's bring down the old. Which is all good, but what are you replacing it with? Like, that. that's my issue. Like, I sort of... I can sit on either side of the fence <laughs> in, in, in any sort of way. I'm not a royalist. I'm not not a royal... You know, I'm not a Republican. Like, I, I don't know where I sit on that. I can see both sides and I can change my mind. But I sort of look at it from a very different point of view, not so much a political point of view. I sort of think, if I look at England, the tradition around the royalty, like the Queen's funeral. Yeah, yeah, the system. This is just the whole system and the whole, it's just stunning. 
it is stunning it's interesting it's beautiful there's so much of that is so interesting no, no offense but if you take that away from England what have they got left there's not a lot left like England has forgotten <laughs> it was Great Britain for a long time but it's not Great Britain it doesn't have a lot of resources it fucked up its education system which was number one in the world like it didn't invest in that mm. which was really its only way of it's only asset left. <laughs> Seriously, Western countries. Knowledge was yes. the assets of Western countries. Yes. You know, we, we aren't yeah. going to compete against third world countries. But I'll, I'll ask you this. Why do you think people are so willing to give up? Like, why is Republicanism so relatively strong? I'm saying relatively here. Relatively strong um, in this generation, just merely because the generation has changed. Because they just think everybody... Why should everybody have that if I don't have it? They're very um, selfish. Like they've been brought up to think they're special. So why should that person have that if they can't have it? Yeah. I think I, at a very deep fundamental level, that's all it is. Envy. Yes. Yeah, yes. Envy. envy will yes, ruin the world. And they don't really know the facts, right? They don't really know the facts of what it costs, what it brings in and all the rest of it. They don't know... Like... the. Like I saw, you know, I saw something about the other royal families, the Arab royal families and how much money they're worth and all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like everyone's just sort of, let's crucify the British royal family at the moment, right? Someone's trying to take them down, it seems to me. <laughs> that I've been, I don't know, it just feels like that, right? So, you know, just the way society's sort of, I don't know what's going on in the bigger picture. And I'm not saying that they're wonderful, don't get me wrong. It, it's just more that... I want a bit of magic in the world. Yeah, right. I want a bit of magic. And if we take all these people down, what are we replacing them with? Yeah. When, when the Queen died, <laughs> yeah. I, I say proudly, even though, look, I probably should have gone to bed, but I watched the whole thing. I just mm. couldn't mm. couldn't stop. Mm. And, mm. and maybe I'm a tragic and probably am. But, like, honestly, I was like, this is going to be the, the last royal funeral for at least, you know, half of my yeah, lifetime. Yeah, It's something unique. They do pomp. Absolutely. They ceremony. do it so well. But but it's not too... Like, it's the same... It's the same feeling for me as when they did this um, concert for... And speaking of Queens, where they did the concert for Freddie. Yeah. When Freddie yeah. died, right? I love, like, that sort of thing really hits me in the heart. Right, because it's that people care enough, they love someone enough that they're going to do this. And the world, it's about love. There's nothing else, right? If, if, so I, I suppose that's what I see when I watch that. I see every one of those people who had to stand in line and you know do a certain movement at a certain time. That's love of something to make them do that. Yeah. Right. So that's why I think is special. And I think, if, yeah, okay, let's just get rid of it all. Because, yeah, we need, what do we need? We need to have this guy who's burying himself for 50 days, Mr. Beast. Yeah, let's make him king. Fuck off. Like, give me someone who's, this is my... Substance. My worry also on the female side is we lost the queen, right? That was a female leader. Exceptional female leader. Exceptional female leader. Like, I... I don't think people realise what it would take for her to have that reputation till, you know, for that long. Like, yeah. Jesus, wow. Just to survive that long. Like, uh, think oh, of any exactly. politician who has ever oh, survived. No, exactly. I mean, you're going up against 
Yeah. Um, like if you think of the tenure that she's had, you're going up against the the dictators of the world. Yes. But they don't obviously aren't held in high regard. Yeah. She's been held in high regard for like 60 years. Exactly. You know, 60, 70 years. It's insane what she achieved. And, exactly. And we just think, oh, yeah, that's done. Cool. Next. I know. Yeah. But it is insane what she's achieved. But also for me as a female, right, all my life there was one female leader that I could at least see. Yeah. Right? That's gone. Yeah. All I'm left with is Oprah, right? <laughs> Who I've always admired until she interviewed Megan because I think it was for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Um, but, and, you know, don't get me wrong, I still sort of admire what she's achieved. But, like, I'm looking around and I'm like, where are they? Like, and, and you know... Who, who, who do we have? What who do we... we have? Like, there's not that many that we can look up to, right? I love this idea you're raising, which is about how... What what comes after the things we get rid of? Yes. Um, and, and I'm going to sound, you know, going to sound a bit wanky for a second ago. So Edmund Burke's a philosopher who says... And, and there's a lot of research into not just his view, but just institutions. When we get rid of institutions, it is easy to get rid of them. Like, mm. we can make a vote, we can mm. bring in a voice, we can, you know, bring in mm. a republic. Mm. But when it comes to restoring those artifacts and those systems and those mm. those societies and those norms, they're incredibly hard. to. Yes. And I'm not talking about the West, you know, I'm talking about third world countries where the rule of law, you know, oh, you've got a dictator and it's very hard to then get the rule of law and the yeah. culture back. Yeah. Um, that is one of the reasons why I'm a big believer that you don't want to, you don't want to encourage people to go, yeah, just let's keep changing things until it works. Yeah, yeah, no. We've been around for so long. No, exactly. Exactly. And, and But also, um, look at both sides. Look at the good of something. Like, make an informed decision. Don't just jump on the fucking bandwagon of what's popular now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like have, have a real think about Try and imagine it without that. What's there? Like, I, I don't think anyone's looking at that. They're just trying to... It's just like they're trying to hang the person. They're trying to get the win. Oh, yeah, we're all right. That person's bad and everyone's gone. Yeah. Okay, great. Next. Like, that's not that's not making a good society. Like, create something yep. instead of critique. Yep. Like, if you can't create, you critique. And I feel like we're out of balance. <laughs> We've got, like, 80% critics and yeah. 20% creators. <laughs> Are you generous, Michelle? I'm like, we've got like 5% like creatives and, and 95% critiquers. Mm-hmm. And and I think this is what the technology, coming back to that technology, mm. I think that's what technology has done. It just means that everyone has this voice, which yeah. is not a bad thing, yeah. but it means that, oh, what am I going to say? Well, it's easy to criticize things and I don't actually need to be super informed. I've just got to seem a bit moral about yeah. it. And everyone's now a critic. And I'm like, hmm, this isn't helpful. Is no, it? it's also the way they're being fed information. So, you know, I won't say who this person is, but I know someone who's, you know, let's just say in, in the dark, been in the dark stages of life for a long time, like a drug addict, right? Yeah. Um, and hasn't been able to, you know, deal with that. But then this sort of person who's not really in society like normal people are in society is getting fed all this information, Right? I mean, yeah. uh, you know, they happen to be anti Megan and Harry, which is quite funny because some of, <laughs> some of the memes that are coming through or some of the stuff that they're posting on Facebook is hilarious, right? Yeah. But the, the hilarious thing is that person doesn't have to go anywhere to get that. They don't have to create it. They're being fed it every single minute, oh. practically, right? 
So they pick it up and they push it back out. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the algorithm is feeding, is not helping this person. It's taking them down a dark, a deeper hole. It, uh, totally, right? And, mm. and I don't know if you heard the doom scrolling. I must admit, even I doom scroll. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, I'm just <laughs> watching things that just, you know, are yeah. telling me the world is going bad. I actually have this Instagram account, me and some friends share, which shows um, on a political level just some of the really tragic things happening in America. Yeah. Um, some people would disagree with me about what I'm talking about, but mm. like, I watch this thing like five times a day and yeah. I don't even send it to my friends. I just assume they've seen it because mm. we all love talking about it. Mm. And it's mm. like, oh, the world's going to shit. And I'm like, this is not good for my soul. Like, no, no, it's know, not. It's not. And that's what's that's why people have turned off the media. Like so many people do not watch the news, do not read the news any like I haven't watched it for so long it's not funny or, or read it. I haven't read a newspaper one I know they're full of lies. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know they're full of lies. Um, but it's just so humans can't cope with it. That's what they're not understanding. Like they're trying it's just the I think you told me this once. Which, the divide and conquer, of course. It's the yeah. divide and conquer, and it's the keep them scared. And 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 young people, like I was talking to a couple of people, like, I don't know, 28, who, was, who were really scared of nuclear bombs, of course, and all the rest of it. And I'm saying, yeah, we've been through this. <laughs> you don't remember you weren't alive, is what I, you know? Um, and it just struck me that it's like, it's no wonder older people get cynical because yeah. you just see the same shit again and again and again yeah. being played out to control the masses. Everything is same under the sun. Yeah. That's Ecclesiastes. Like, you know, yeah. nothing is new. Nothing no. is new. No. And even I struggle to believe that. But I'm like sitting here going, oh, that happened to me three years ago. And so I'm, I'm getting older now. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, actually, it's all the same old. And I struggle. And, and I'm, I'm not old in any regard. No, so you're not. Uh, you know, I'm a but child. But you've got access to more information, right? Like, yeah. But, and that's the problem, is how do we stop that? Yeah. And, and, and it's crazy that we've... And it, this is in one of Lex's podcasts as well. That he, they were just sort of saying, we've got more um, knowledge than we have wisdom. Or we've got more power. Than yeah, we have wisdom. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. have more power than we have wisdom because of technology. Yeah. You know. You've... Why do you think that is though? Like this is the fascinating question. We've all got some power now. We can get on social media and say something publicly to our friends. But the substance of what we say, like to be frank, the other day I, you know, I went to watch a friend play polo. I'm talking about ponies. Yeah. I'm not yeah. talking about yeah. what is it that makes a good flourishing human being? Why yeah. do we think that is, is the question. So that's a big question. No, it is a big question. I think we've fucked people up, so they're still... Like, have you heard of Esther Perel? She's a... Yeah, yeah she's fantastic, right? No, I was literally just listening to a video of hers on change, on, you know, and it was sort of like it's, um, it's movement changes, right? So... And like if me me coming out of a job and then going into the next job, the coming out of the job's very quick. The me dealing with that and then going into the next job, I go through this change. Who am I? <laughs> Movement phase. What do I want to do? Blah blah blah. We, we've we've been feeding humans, young people especially, all this. It's exactly what you said. All this bad information. So it's all about what they look like, like looks. Or, yeah. Like, to be honest, sometimes I'll see some young people going out and I'll be like, wow. <laughs> like, 
Like they look, all look like movie stars, right? Yeah. Like we've really upped the level of attractiveness, but to no benefit. Yeah. Because they're having less sex, they're getting married less. <laughs> they're like, you know, they're what upset. I mean? They're depressed. Yeah. You know? Like there's not having people aren't having relationships like like so it's to no benefit that look, right? No one likes a perfect person. I'm so don't even go there. <laughs> That's not what you love about people. It's, yeah. not, it's not their perfections, it's their flaws. I, I've worked out. It took me a long time. I think but it's I, excellent. I think it's an excellent <laughs> idea because, like, we all try and express ourselves to look perfect, right? That's yeah. humanity. We're like, oh, yeah. no, look at me cover up my, my, my brokenness yeah. and my sin. Yeah. And then it's like, actually, no, I like my friends because they're human. And yes. actually, I can shit talk with them and we can have some really good banter. And that's not perfect. That's exactly. The, the wrong side. Because that's, that's the problem with what's happening with young people. And, and I don't know. I mean, I'm... I was going to say I'm unique, which makes me sound like a wanker, but I've always oh, no, been... Oh, you a ph- are unique, Michelle. You are <laughs> unique. Definitely unique. Absolutely. <laughs> but I've always been a philosopher, what I mean, right? So I, I can't compare myself to people my age when they were younger. So I, I'm not, not really understanding what they're really thinking. But now I think they're too... Um, they're lost in... They, there's too much expectation on them, right, for a start, mm. what they have to achieve. So that makes them have to focus on themselves way too much. And that focus on themselves just makes them depressed and gives them anxiety, right? It's as simple as that. The more you focus on yourself, the more you get depression. This is what I really, really believe. I've been lucky that I always am interested in other people until that shit happened to me, which made me focus on myself and put me in a deep, you know. But that's the key. But because we've said, here's our expectations of you, like no one just wants to buy a house now. They need to have three. <laughs> like it's not like, okay, I'm going to get married and have kids and have a house. Or I, I, I am grappling with exactly this. So I was saying to a younger friend of mine, and, and he's from another side in politics, and I was like, hey, look, I really just... I, I really just enjoying my life right now. I don't do anything special. You could replace me in a heartbeat. Maybe the politics stuff is unique, but yeah. like in my day job, I'm not doing anything special. And I'm like, what am I really enjoying? I'm really enjoying having good relationships in my family. Mm. Really enjoying mm. just spending time. Mm. We all get on now. We've all grown up a bit. So you don't mm. have those childish games. And like, I love calling my sister. I love calling my brother. I just love chatting with them. Mm. I love my church. It is not a group of people that I would normally hang out with. Yeah, like yeah, in, yeah. in any other circumstance, people go, wow, you have a weird social group. But like, yeah. I'm loving it. I'm yeah. just like, these are people I wouldn't get to hang out with, mm. but they just bring me so much joy every mm. week. I'm loving my friends. And I'm sitting here going, do I really want like three houses? Because I'm just going to then move between my three houses and be lonely in my three houses. Exactly. And I don't know if that's going to work. Exactly. I, and I think that, that that's an awakening that's happening, right? It's exactly what's happening to me as well. So how much money do you need? Yeah. I just want to be around people that I want to be around. But I'm an extrovert, so I need a job. Yeah. Otherwise, I yeah. nearly die, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> Right, we need people, and I don't have that community that you have, right? Which comes back to like the church. I think is, I've never been religious. I've never been brought up religious. I have friends on in in lots of different religions, um, and I see the value of it. I see how it. Um, and, and I was on the board of um, John's College. Uh, oh yeah, you were too. You know, yeah, and religious community college. Yeah, and, and that was. Really interesting for me. That made me go, 
Yeah, there's some really good values here. Like I like it, you know, it really showed me the, the values that are sort of missing, right? So if nothing else, I took that out of it, and I think we're missing that. What What do you think the big thing that you were missing? Like if you compare yourself to what St John's had, and you know, I know St mm. John's and love my dad actually went to St John's, mm. Mm. but like if you compare what you have compared to sort of the values St John's, what do you think the biggest thing that you were like, oh, that's that's a gap. You know what it was? It was one of, because I spoke to a young guy and because, you know, when I was at the uni, I was always talking to the students. Yeah. Like it was my favorite That's thing how I got to know you. Yeah, exactly. And I was, they were like, I was market researching the death out of them and as humans, right? Yeah. And they're all lost generally. They're all lost. And then I was realizing, oh, they need to do this work that I did at Harvard on leadership, on your values and your purpose. And then when I talked to some of the people at St. John's, they'd already done that work. They were the only ones that had grown up. And because I thought it needed to happen younger. Because mm. was a, you know, normally you do that stuff when you're doing leadership management training, right? Mm. When people are sort of senior. I felt like, no, now to survive life, you need to really, there needs to be an intense workshop on that early. <laughs> when you're 18. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, right? To, because. I'm sort of talking around in circles here, but the one thing that I love about you is you know who you are and you're authentic and you're consistent. You you are who you are and the rest of them can fuck off, right? Like, Amen. Yeah, <laughs> but exactly. But that's, but that's, is what's lacking in the youth. They don't know who they are. They don't know who to be. Yeah. I mean, there's a sense of that as you grow up, right? Don't get me wrong. But they don't even know who... They don't know who they are at a very base level yeah. because they're being told who to be, what to be like every fucking day, every hour. And I, I think even if you're being told, like I had I had people teach me the Bible, for example, and go like, yeah. I can be told, okay, that's the Bible. Mm. I, I think it's that there's just so many different visions for humanity that are all mm. clashing. It's like, you got to yes. be rich and beautiful. And I'm like, well, sorry, well, I'm poor and ugly. So unfortunately yeah. that clashes with my reality. <laughs> And so, and so you've just got all these different visions for humanity. Yeah. And I actually think a lot of them are just wrong, just yes. outright wrong. Exactly. And young people buy into them and then they'll spend 20 years of their life seeking this stuff, be truly hurt and broken at the end when they turn out, oh, I'm not happy even though I've got it. I'm full of plastic. My body's falling apart. <laughs> I don't have friends and family. And, and to yeah. be frank, I really grieve and lament yeah, when yeah. people have just sucked it into the vision that's wrong. And yeah. that's... Like that's right, and they're so they're so lonely, and and I ha like you know often I sit there thinking I, I want to solve the problem of loneliness. Like I always want to yeah. solve big problems, but but it's because they're so. Um, I think different personalities have um, a stronger. They can't help it. Some personalities. Like, we've got the type of personality that we do and then we think about it, like, you know, but we're learners. So yeah. we're always learning, right? Yeah. We're always yeah. learning and understanding, but we'll have a go. We can't help that. We have a go and fall over and get back up and keep yeah, going. Yeah, we're resilient. Right? Yeah. Other people can't, and they, the ones who don't have a go are more at risk almost. because. Yeah. Because they're sitting there waiting to be told, okay, I need that, 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 and then I'm perfect. Oh, no, they're saying I need this as well, and that, all right, I'll wait for that. Oh, no, I've got to achieve this. They're so fucking lost. <laughs> and 
And if it affects someone at my age, the way social's coming to me, I just can't. I can't even get into the head of somebody that's like twenty, right? How yeah. much it's affecting them on on who they are. Can I make a reflection on the genders? And I mm. I, I do this with a lot of you know foreshadowing and and you know mm-hmm. commentary, but. Ultimately, I have some really exceptional female friends who I just think are like twice as smart as me. Mm. Point blank, like just could outgun me at most things. Mm. And then I find those same people going, oh, I don't know if I could just take that job. I just don't think I've earned that skill set. I don't think I've got that. And I'm, I'm looking at that job going, oh, yeah, easy. Maybe I'm just arrogant and probably am. But I'm sitting there going, you would do that job infinitely better than me. Yeah. But you feel far less confident in doing so. But irony is that, like, I'm just a dude and I'm just thinking, oh, yeah, I'll figure it out when I do it. And, and again, like I said, probably a bit of an arrogant, uh, you know. No, it's that, – that's there's, – there's been um, research on that, right? Yeah. So men, you know, we talk about that all the time. Uh, me as a female leader have gone in and hu- pulled women up. Mm. That's what people have to do. They have to pull women up. Mm. They need to feel like they've completely done it before they can have a go yeah. at it, right? Yeah. They don't um, – and even, and I've been like that my whole career. I think that's the, the weird thing is that men seem to do, ha- they have that more, I don't know if it's naturally or if it's because of the patriarchy. It's really hard to work out why we, we are like that, right? So we get held down a bit in, in subtle ways, right? Even if we're good, the man's, it's important that he's better. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Right? It's important that he's better so he can't hold you up too high. When they know that you're good at leading because you look after people, they, they're like, oh, you're a nurturer, right? It's a nur- it's a term that's like a, that's a stay-at-home mum term. Yeah. The you're a nurturer. You. Yeah. When really, yes, we're a nurturer, but I can get the best out of people. So if I was a man, they would never call me a nurturer. Never call me nurturer. You and I probably lead very similar. You would never have been called a nurturer. I, pu- I push people, but like I love you in the process. That's, yeah, that's, same, same, that's, right? Yeah. That's exactly how I lead. But not because like I needed you to necessarily do something. I was just like, you're just sitting on your ass. Like you, you're just wasting yeah. capacity. Yeah. You've got all these skills and I want to push you. Exactly. That's the best way to lead. Yeah. That's what I've always done, right? Like you even hear it in this podcast. I'm normally hassling people. I build them up and then I smash them down. Right? I don't, don't smash them down. <laughs> no, you, but you I, in the military machine. But I'll, like, I'll be, you know, I'll push up exactly what you're saying, right? Because there's more in there and stop blocking themselves or what have you, exactly. right? Yep. As a woman, that's nurturing. I, I'm mothering them. People say that you mother them. I bake for them. They. But the reason, what's dumb is they don't realize if I bake them cookies and bring them in and they like being there and they're happy, they work harder but for me. Absolutely. <laughs> it's not rocket science. Absolutely. We, we did the same thing. I'm not thing. baking cookies for <laughs> idiots. I can't bake. I can't bake <laughs> cookies. But I like, we, we, one of the things I was most proud of during COVID was we still kept having team lunches. And we're talking about a pretty big yes. team here. We yeah. still kept having big team lunches. And even after them, we continued them. And every fortnight we'd sit down. During COVID, we'd sit down and play games on Zoom. Because it was like, what else yeah, you yeah. do you do? You don't want to sit there and talk necessarily. No, no, no. 20-person no. Zoom. Exactly. Cool. But we kept having lunches. We kept building community. And, and I kept spending the company dollar proudly. Everyone else was really shitty with me. All the other managers, they're like... 
our staff complain at us that we don't spend enough of our budget on our staff like you do. And I was like, well, first of all, they're underpaid, so you definitely need to love them. But two, like, they just feel really valued that, you know, willing to go to... It's not rocket science. It's so hard to go and find these people you want to bring in your company. Look after them. Yeah. But they don't, like, right. So that's, that's a big problem with leadership. A lot of people don't sort of understand that. They sort of... They'll see it in principle if they can't do it. Like, I think the smart people are the ones that are like, I can't do that, but I know it's needed, so I'll bring this person in to do it. Yep. I think that's, I personally think that's a role that's missing in nearly every company. Someone who's the leader, yep. purely, is there to look after the staff. You know, not, they don't have to know how to do the finances or they don't have to know this or that. Like they come in, they look after the people because they're your biggest fucking asset. <laughs> in, in politics, we have this role called chief of staff, which I know is like ah, a big American yeah, term. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and yeah. your chief of staff is, is like senior manager. But yeah. fundamentally, right, like mm. because in politics you're a team and, and you fight like a team, like there's a really, yeah. you really are, like you really feel part of a family, you go mm. to war every day, you fight mm. journos, you do a lot of stuff. Mm. But that chief of staff is like pastoral care, 101. Yes. I have friends in this job and their job is to go like, oh, you, you screwed something up, James. Go, let's sit down and have a beer. Um, right. there's a young kid who worked for me at my last job and, mm. and he must have failed five, six times. And if he's listening to this, he, he'll chuckle because he <laughs> still, he still works for me. Yeah. Yeah. But like we'd sit yeah. down every other quarter and be like, okay, what did you fuck up this time? Yeah. Uh, cool. You're, you're 21. So it's going to happen. And, Absolutely. And you know, like if you and just. And it's good. It's the only way you learn really. <laughs> uh, with pastoral care. Who, who learned from being beaten or micromanaged? Like, no, no, no. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to your idea about um, what we bombard ourselves with, this idea of community. So mm-hmm. when, when we're talking about that, mm. um, there's, a, there's a philosophy that actually came out to University of Sydney called Robert Putnam. And this was like when Turnbull was Prime Minister. Mm-hmm. And, and he wrote a book on religions in America. And it's a very American thing. But, and it's not just talking about the church. It's talking about Jewish communities and other religious communities. Mm-hmm. That he saw that there was this like multiplier effect that religious communities had. Mm-hmm. That like if you belong to bowling, mm-hmm. a bowling group, you didn't get the same cohesion as if you did if you belonged to a religious community. Mm-hmm. I don't even think it meant that you had to believe in that religion. It was just something about meeting together in that space, and I mean the religious space, mm-hmm. that made people go, oh, this is a bit more than just a hobby group. And, but you know why? Because it's not a hobby because it's different in... Because if you're in a bowling group, you have to be good at it or you're comparing yourself to other people. Yeah. So this yeah. puts you in an environment where you're not comparing yourself really, right? You, it, and it gives you hope. And I think we've, we've killed hope. Yeah. So we killed off religion for all sorts of reasons. I, you know, I, I don't know why. Like, it's, it's a weird one. Like, I sort of understand. I mean, I mean... I mean, a hundred modes with that on, on religion, but I absolutely see why it works. <laughs> I absolutely see why it works. And we haven't been able to replicate that. Like we really can't. There's nothing else. Can fill that void. Because they say like humans need, they need hope. They need uh, to be happy. They need hope. They need something to do and someone to love. Right. And, and for, for people who might not have anyone, it's giving them someone to love. It's definitely giving them hope because it's it's also giving them structure. It's it's this is the way that we live. These are the values. Like it, it was not a nice structure, um, but 
we haven't don't have that now. I really, I worry for young people. And I mean, I was once this young person. But you, are, it, you are still a young uh, person. Oh, I'm greying and fattening, I promise you. But young people though, so so I really, I ask them, what's the purpose of life? Like, let's just go really high level here. Mm. And and like, I have an answer to that one, you know, and, and I won't say it yet, but it's just to say like, I have thought about that question. I've been pushed on that question all of my life. You know, yeah. my parents, my family, my church, my community going, what are you here for? Yeah. What is your job? What are yeah. you doing? Yeah. And and like, I could be really happy, but still a pauper and a slave. Like, you know, there's, yeah. there's a world in which like, yeah. I can exist like that and still be happy. Yeah. But in this world, I worry that the answer to most things now is just, and this is going to sound really funny for me, but a lot of it's just modern capitalism. Yeah. Like, what yeah. is the God we generally placate now? Oh, well, we... Hundred years ago, you cared about your community and your family and your church. Yes. And you know, since the industrial revolution, it's like we all just care about work and identity mm. is our work. And so there's this great um, mythical lie that we're now selling younger generations, which mm. is all you have to do is work to be happy. And mm. my God, what a tragic thing it will be. But also telling them that their work should make them happy. Yeah. In a way, right? That you don't get happiness any like anywhere else. You know, it, yeah. it, it's. Like you, Joe, I have to keep reminding people they pay you. Like, I mean, you know, there's levels. You've got to be able to yeah, at least yeah. want to go there. But it's really, how do the young people get to refocus? It's really hard. Like, it's hard for me to sort of, I'm going, okay, let's not go on social media today. I don't have notifications on. I've curated my Instagram feed. It's closed. And, I, and anything that comes in is... Because I don't follow celebrities, right? Because I'm like, then you end up living their life, not your life. You're too busy watching. You know everything about them, nothing about yourself. (laughs) When did Facebook and Instagram become like, here's videos of random people you didn't know. I want the Instagram that I signed up for when I was like 20 something. I want the, here are my friends. And this is what they're doing with their lives. I want that. I don't want it pipetted with all this crap. Yeah, but I don't want my friends to bloody filter themselves. <laughs> exactly. Like, but be, it's hard. Be real is interesting because I like the idea that you're mm. trying to be authentic. But even if I had be real, I'd be like, oh, well, look, I'd always have something. Oh, this one's very interesting. The be real eight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm interested in that for two reasons. I feel like they've got the marketing completely wrong. Because it's because I don't. Well, I don't know the numbers. But they're marketing it, mm. and that's not how social works. Like they're they're taking it out, and they're doing posters, and they're trying to get everyone on by doing ads. And I think that's the opposite way that you get young people nowadays. They're not interested in that. They're like, if you have, if you're telling me, like, if you have to promote it to me, if someone else, one of my friends, didn't tell me, I'm not interested. But they're only going to do it if their friends are doing it. That's interesting. So what you're saying is that young people can askew, they can put down what they're being told formally and go, I need someone I know to tell me. And Absolutely. No- I, I used that at the university. Yeah, right? okay. I did. That was my strategy because I worked out very quickly. They're only listening to people their own age. Yeah. Which is yeah. very stupid. <laughs> Look, I, I agree with you fully. <laughs> it's very stupid because you're not getting intelligent information, but that's what they're doing. They're only yeah. listening to people their own age. Because there was this whole, it sort of happened around Brexit and other things. There was a whole divide with young and old. It's right, the old people were fucking up everything. Um, don't listen to them. Othering. Of and the, and yeah. the only people that hurt was the young people. 
Yeah. It didn't hurt the older people. They didn't need the information from the young people. I'm the only one of the old ones that go down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, really. Like, not many people, they don't care. What do they care? They just run around and go, oh, those idiots don't know what they're doing, right? They, so, but the young people didn't get the wise counsel. They didn't get people to, you know. Informing. They missed out on that because they walked in so confident everywhere that no one thought they needed anything. They didn't teach them anything. Yeah. So then they, but they just go to their friends. Yep. So for marketing purposes, I put their friends in front of them. <laughs> yep. I put students in front of them instead of academics. Yes. And it worked. Do you, and and the students, do you think that they at least like because you were in control of this, were you able to get them to say smart things to the students? I they, trained them. Of yeah, course. Of course you did. So I stepped the training up, and but I did that in in lots of ways. Like I. The way I know my market, right? So I knew who they are and I knew what they wanted. They needed, they needed to feel special. <laughs> they needed someone to see their talents. They and that's I could always see someone's talent. I'm like a talent magnet. I can find their talent in there, so I could identify their talent and bring that up and and make them realise this is going to benefit you in these ways. Yeah. Right. And then send them out to market. Yeah. Um, but also they were being authentic. They were telling the truth, but not only did it work for the students, it worked for the parents. Cause interestingly, the parents probably wouldn't believe the professors cause now, nowadays we don't trust anyone, no. but they believe the students. So they would say to the students, is it safe? Da da da. Like the parents get asked those questions. So if I'm marketing, trying to get to young people, you have to go through young people. You can't market at them. You can't go direct. You have to get very clever. <laughs> that, is, that is very clever. I mean, in the sense that you weren't trying to manipulate any circumstance. You're just trying no. to transfer information efficiently. Exactly. Trying to get the right information to them. And honest information. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Because these students loved the experience. Yeah. I, I did this at King's. I started to do it at King's and did it more at, at Sydney, right? And that was... I hired double the amount of student ambassadors. Yeah. But also, I could see... They needed a break. They needed an opportunity to work as well. Oh, right? the students love being students. I know so many of them. They love yeah. being an ambassador. <laughs> exactly. They do. Exactly. Because, I mean, what can you do at that age? I mean, you know, obviously there's some very talented ones, but I, mm. ultimately they're like, I can talk about why this experience was good for me. Yeah. You know, that's, that's exactly. core to them. We could teach them really key stuff, right? Presentation skills and, you know, talking to people, persuading people, you know, influencing. This is key stuff for their career but but also um making them feel valuable part of a team yeah oh no no i had a lot of friends who really valued what they did there like yeah so i could see both it's when i created the graduate positions as well that's right we're telling these kids they have to be fantastic and then we're not giving them opportunities so i wanted to create more opportunities which was actually going to talk to my market better (laughs) absolutely absolutely so that's what i think we have to do somehow that's an example of a really you said something a moment ago that i was like oh okay you found a way in the modern problem of trust which you raised you said Mm. look it's you don't trust anybody these days and i don't disagree with you like trust is so broken in modern Mm. society Mm. and so you had to find a a novel way of having people trust Mm. your people Mm. and share information like that trust problem I think that how do we, what is that and how do we fix it? Yeah, that's interesting. The it's because we 
we are tearing down everybody for ridiculous reasons, right? Um, which is not really fair because we don't have context. It's a bit like um, when people complain, people always complain about their bosses or something like that, yeah. right? But And they think they can do the job, but they really have no understanding because they're only seeing it from their point of view. When yeah. I talk to my boss, he says this, and this is what they do with me, right? But they don't know that they're talking to, you know, 50 other people yeah. and other bosses and their boss made them do that and you can't tell anyone. Like, they don't know the, the context. Context. Yeah. context is the biggest gap we have in society at the moment. No one's looking for it. Young people aren't asking those extra questions. They're not. They're just taking it. They're so siloed. Yeah. Yep. They're, not, they're taking whatever someone says and they're not investigating it. Yep. There's no critical thinking. Like, critical thinking is sort of... So, I've got a personality that always takes the other side, in a way. So, that makes me then go and find out information. Yeah. I might come back over here. Like, I love... I've put down conspiracy theories. Like, I was dabbled in them. Because <laughs> it's like entertainment for me. Yeah. I've got a bit bored, you know, like... Well, COVID was boring and then we... Yeah, and you sort of know everything's going on in the world or you've travelled or you've learnt a lot, right? And then I got a bit bored and it's like... And then I dabble went in there and I'm like, wow, this, this is a whole new world that I never even thought of, right? It was like imagination and overload. <laughs> so I'd go in there. Unfortunately, you do then find some truths that you don't want to see, which aren't Inconvenient truths, yeah. <laughs> But ultimately, you have to come back out. You know what I mean? So I, I've really lost all the trust, but I've realized that there's no value for me to live like that. I can't live like that. So I have to come back and go, okay, but still let's look at this in a different way. And then I look at how society works. We live in a, an amazing country. Things work. The politics is fantastic compared to oh, nearly yeah. any other country. Yeah, yeah. Like I've got friends from Iran right so Jesus Christ <laughs> we're you know we're so lucky and we and we should stop fucking that up and but how do we t the trust thing when you create a channel or a society where you get points for being a moaner <laughs> yeah where yeah. you get points for just go oh look at this this is shit this is shit let's tear this person down um you just break trust. You break everything. Yeah. You break everything. And I don't know how we fix that. I'm trying to work out how to fix that. <laughs> See, I, I don't even know if you can. I mean, I, I believe that, you know, there are higher powers. That, and you, humanity is going to either suffer a crisis pretty soon. And I'm mm. assuming I mean decades. Mm. Um, or it's going to figure this out. Because mm. fundamentally, like, we can't continue down this diminishing path of trust. Because... Society will just collapse. Like, if you can't yeah. walk up the street, yeah. you, you end up in that, and I hate to use this example because it's so banal, but it's like that Gotham-esque, like, everything's evil, there's criminals everywhere. Like, you end up in corruption. Uh, but I want to put it into two categories. Like, technology is probably the big change agent that I think mm. has really sped up some pretty fundamental change. Yeah. Like, if a politician goes off and does something wrong... Oh, let's use Dom Perrottet. Dom Perrottet, you know, and, and I'm not going to make commentary on it, just to say Dom Perrottet obviously outed himself wearing a Nazi uniform. And no one's seen the image. And why hasn't Edward seen the image? It's because it was at a time when there were no camera phones in 2003. And so no one had a copy. Literally, yeah. it's probably got to be a physical photo. Yeah. You're going to have to scan the sucker in. Yeah. Now, because of technology, 
yeah. capturing information, yeah, capturing yeah, yeah, conversations. Yeah. Everything is becoming far more transparent. That's good. I think there's a net good in the, oh, someone lied. We should know about that. But the problem is, like you said, and quite rightly, there's part of a technology and using tech that just means that actually we're just naturally more cynical than we probably should be. And yeah. we're, we're not using it to find context. I loved your answer of context. It's just we lack context. Context is key, right? That, yeah. Like, that's, there should be books about context. But it's also two things. So context and, and who we choose. So I remember when I left King's, the like, equivalent like DVC, um, he said to me, he said, how, how would you make change, Michelle? How, can, how would you get the change through? that they wanted to get through. And I said, you have to make the voices of the people who who can do this bigger, louder. Mm. So we as a society have to make the good people's voices louder mm. instead of the wrong people. It's like someone like Andrew Tate should not have a voice. Right? Can I disagree with you? No, yes, you can. <laughs> no, no, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying you block him. I'm just saying it shouldn't have been that loud. So, so- it's interesting, and I don't, I don't disagree with it pretty fundamentally. I think there are bad things that need to be removed, like, you know, child pornography. Like, just, that's yeah, yeah. evil. Just get rid of it. Like, you know, it's banned. It's a banned substance. I'm a big believer that what we haven't had is we haven't had really good debate. So, instead of silencing Andrew true, Tate, true, 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 true. what yeah. I think should have really happened, and this did happen, but I don't think it happened in a way that allowed him to be heard, is they just silenced him. And then what, what the young men go, they go, oh, okay, well, they just silenced him. So actually, it's a bit edgy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he wasn't allowed to talk. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if you let a moron talk long enough, everyone yeah. realizes he's a moron. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't mean that. I, didn't mean, I don't mean silence them. Not at all. Like, like I, when Elon put up the thing, should we let them on? I'm like, absolutely. Freedom of speech is important. But Twitter should not promote him. Agreed. And Twitter were promoting him. Twitter was sending, I had been on his account once. I didn't follow him. Twitter have sent me at least 10 emails promoting his latest tweet or something. Elon's? No. Oh, Andrew Tate? Yes. Oh, wow. That's fast. Right? That's so this is marketing going completely yeah, yeah, yeah. fucked, right? That, that he got that big because as soon as you get a certain amount, then, then Twitter takes off promoting yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't even know they're doing it. That's my worry. I think they don't even know they're doing it. So they're, they're asking these big questions, philosophical questions. They're not even knowing what they're doing. That's right. In, like, in, if he's a child <laughs> photographer, like, fuck. Yeah. yeah Do you know what I mean? Do not promote it. Like, yes, give him freedom of speech and then people can debate, but don't like, promote it. All of the, all the behest of just making a lot of, man, a lot of money. So, yeah. like, that's that's where I think... I never believed that guy. Like, I, I thought he's just trying to make money. And nowadays, unfortunately, the way you make money is you go extreme. Because you get hurt. That's right? how. That's the only way you can cut through. Yeah. Like, it's, it's because yeah. unless you are loud and bombastic, you yeah. just don't get that's an audience. Right. And so, like, this is where Trump came in. And, you know, Trump was loud and bombastic. And so, guess what? Exactly. He made more money in fundraising than Hillary ever did. Yeah, and exactly. Just because he was loud and bombastic. Like, we use this term called earned media. Earned media for Trump wasn't a problem. Earned media for the Democrats. Can women do it? I think they can. Can they be... No, can there be a female... Bombast. Andrew Tate. I think they can. I've seen examples. So, okay. yeah, so, okay, don't take this as a reflection of any of my politics. 
<laughs> there was one race in America in the last... I suppose Pauline Hans has probably done it. Well, well, <laughs> in a way, right? right. It's very yeah. funny because I was running the campaign against Pauline Hanson, so I was really sad about that. I was very keen to get rid of Pauline. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's a great example. Pauline... She is a good example. She yeah. is a good example. Yeah, okay, so they can. In America, mm. um, there was one particular pro-Trumper called Kerry Lake, who was running for the governor of Arizona. And she was like, she, she was very eloquent, to be frank. Mm. Like, she was wrong on issues, but she was very eloquent and really, like, got up in front of the media being like, all of you here are wrong. And she <laughs> really, like, she was a really good grandstander. Yeah. And to be frank, she just had people flock to her. I was watching this race. Yeah, yeah. I've never been to Arizona. Yeah. I'm watching this race in Arizona yeah. just to see how she went. Right, yeah. Just to see how she handled it. She lost. Yeah. To be fair, there's probably a bit of dodgy there in their voting system that I would go not 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 that necessarily would have won her the election, just that's you know yeah. needs to be answered about. But then she jumped on the dodgy, and she's like, oh well, this was a you know stolen. So she did a Trump 2.0. Um, yeah. And and then the point is that like that's a woman who is you know probably playing to a particular type, mm-hmm. but she definitely built a following. Mm. You know, mm. millions of people love her. Um, and to be frank, she'll probably run a governor again and have just sniped from the edges. Um, for the next four mm. years. So do you think, it's making me think of the trust again, right? Because we're we're only hearing the edges of society and we're not, and we're not, and they're, hor- they're horrible edges. We're not hearing someone say, my purpose is to empower people, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But yeah. Lex actually, he's, he's, he's someone who's come up who is saying that, like he's about the love, right? He's trying to, which is interesting for someone doing AI, but like we need we need to bring more of those people up. But I don't know where they are. Like it's hard to find them. But how do we? What I think technology needs to do is destroy all the bots, destroy oh, destroy all the bullshit that's being fed by different countries, any countries, anything that's not a genuine human somehow. Like, get a balance of... Because most of what we're hearing is not human. And, and it's either it's either a machine or a company choosing to amplify one side of the argument over yeah. another. Like, yeah. sorry, I'm not trying to be, like, antisocial. I'm just going, yeah. like, what we've seen out of Twitter is, oh, you chose a position on a range of issues, not always the same side, yeah. and you just chose an issue and then you escalated one voice over another. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm with you. I think... If all social could come back and say, hi, we're going to remove all the bots. You've got to be an authentic human being. Yeah. There's no there's no promoting one over other. You're going to get mm. to see all of it if you keep scrolling. Mm. And then honestly, like, I think I think the one thing they should do is they should pair. Because, you know, you know, like your doom scrolling, your wall is is a is a rabbit hole and it wants to try and typecast you with more information that you'd like. Mm. That keeps you on Facebook. And mm. so that's why people are like, oh, I'm in my echo chamber of Facebook. Yeah, exactly. I exactly. think there's a duty to counter the echo chamber on socials. Yes. Every social media company I should agree. adopt this yeah. and go, hey, when I've seen an argument for why Kerry Lake is great, I should see an argument for why Kerry Lake is insane. So how, it, goes, it almost goes to regulation, right? Because <laughs> I'm sort of, part of me is thinking, if I'm bringing up a, a child on Instagram or TikTok, I'll, I'll pick the good news things or the people that go around and help homeless people, even mm. though they're just trying to do it for likes, but still it's good stuff. <laughs> like, mm. I, okay, you can only watch this. I don't know. Like, but no one's doing that. Talk, talking of conspiracy theorists, so <laughs> like, I have some friends who are just like off the grid. 
Yeah. And the irony is, so so there's two ways to play this game. You either yeah. entirely remove yourself from the system and you're yeah. just like, I'm going to get my information direct mm. and I'm going to go search for it and I'm going to go challenge it myself, which yeah. I respect. And I honestly, if you're off the grid, I'm like, that's a hard life to live yeah. in the modern world. Well done. Yeah. Alternate world. I was, uh, this was at a tech conference about AI. So forgive me if it's a bit tech cooker, but mm. um, one guy was like, no, no, no. Facebook knows who you are and it's able to profile you. Like Facebook knows exactly who I am. It knows my habits and knows what I like. It knows yeah. that I love watching, you know, CES and stuff. Yeah. Um, what you do is you create 50 accounts with small variations between them. Mm. And that's the only way to gain mm. the profiling system. Be like, oh, is he 30 or is he 12 or is he 40? Yes. But yes. Not yeah. everyone's going to be able to do that. Yeah. And so it's like you either have to confuse the machine into giving you honest data you well, off the machine. I mean, already so many people have fake accounts. Yeah. I worry that we're not going to fix it fast enough. That's no. that's my worry is it's moving so fast that we're actually destroying the best in the world, right? The Western world, for all its shit, because I, I always say to people, the way I look at it is very big picture. As a woman, I get to live a free and, and a good life in the Western world. Yes, I know the that it's dodgy in so many different ways and not great in this way. But what are my choices? <laughs> look at the alternatives, yeah, right? Down, like, I want people to actually take themselves up a little bit, look a little bit wider and, and see what the alternatives are because I don't know what they think is going to replace it. Because <laughs> people yeah. don't think things can go backwards. That's why they need to look at Iran. <laughs> Things can go backwards. Yeah, they can. And Iran yeah. is an example of a country that used to have far more liberalism than it used Absolutely. to. Like women used to dress without hijabs. Yeah. You know, they used to be quite exactly. modern. Exactly. And then from the sort of 60s onwards, yeah. it was like, oh, Ayatollah, now they're all That's religious right. extremists. It's, That's right. I don't think my generation knows and just, that. They don't know that. And just because we have women's rights now doesn't mean we can't lose them. Yeah. Just because we have gay rights doesn't mean we can't lose them. I think they're starting to get a sense of that. In the US. <laughs> I, so I, I've got a very particular slant on this. Yeah. The, there's there's two worldviews that are now competing in the West. Obviously, yeah. you have classic liberalism, which is everyone's made equal. You know, we mm -hmm. all deserve freedom. We want free, you know, equal democracy. That's good. Mm -hmm. And an evolution of that, which is challenging at the moment, is the identity politics. And yeah. that's a different worldview by which it's like we need to rectify injustices by distributing whatever it might be, onto different groups. I, I don't think that's compatible with modern mm. liberalism. Like no. Western liberalism says everyone's equal, yeah. does not equal, oh, well, you're a white guy from the North Shore of Sydney and so therefore you're evil and so therefore we need to bring you down a peg. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't believe that can work. And so I think it's not necessarily that Western liberalism is eating itself. I actually think there's this new system that's challenging Western liberalism inside of the West. Yeah, it's um, it, true. It annoys me the most is like me growing up I hated what I hated slavery I I almost hated white people because of what we did right yeah. I, I had I had that sense and I was always fighting with my dad over he things he might say to him um, but but as I as I got older I realized that it's not all I wanted was equality right so equality doesn't mean you put down someone else to, to bring those people up. Exactly. And, and for gay rights, they didn't go, oh, heterosexuals are completely fucked. This is why we need the marriage and they shouldn't. They didn't put down heterosexuals, yeah. right, to, to get 
equality. They were saying, we're humans, that's why we deserve equality. And, right? Yeah, it's not a zero-sum equation. Freedom is not a zero-sum equation. Exactly. Everyone can have some freedom. I think what happened over the last 100 years has been excellent because it has, in a true sense, like when you're talking about talking to your dad about racism. Yeah. Well, actually, I think we've done quite a bit in culture over the last century to genuinely address racism. Yeah. Like, yeah, we haven't addressed all of it. And maybe coming from metropolitan Sydney, I don't see as much of it. But ultimately, like, I think we've done a good job and it's going in a better direction. It's going in a better direction, yeah, exactly. What, what you do when you start saying, oh, well, white people are evil is, guess what? That sounds a bit racist. It's completely um, racist. Of course it's racist. You couldn't say that about any other race and get away with it. No. I'm with you, right? Like, mm. it's the strong men who can say, hi, others can prosper with me. Yes. And then the ones that, you know, are holding you down, the exactly. ones who are going, yeah, well, what is it in your view that says if they have any dignity, I'm at a loss? I have a reflection in Australia. Mm. Two things in our political system. Sorry, because we're just on the topic. First thing is, I am a big believer in the constitutional monarchy. Hear mm-hmm. me clearly. The constitutional monarchy. Mm. The system of government is excellent. It has mm. provided Australia stability. There's literally only ever been one prime minister who's ever been sacked by the governor general. Mm. That governor general literally was an outcast for the rest of his life. It, that's how that's how stable the system is. Yeah. Upsetting the system literally crushed the former governor general, and mm. John Kerr went back to London and died a died a, a pauper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the constitutional monarchy. Second thing is compulsory voting. Mm. And if I said this in America, they'd eat me. Oh but yeah, yeah, yeah. Because everyone has to vote, yeah. you don't have these weird fringe groups that mm. emerge. And because in America, you've got this thing called get out the vote. You've got to go say, hey, how do we mobilize people to actually even just vote in the first place? Mm. That's mm. where their extremism comes from. Yes. Whereas in Australia, yeah. you know, good old Kevin Rudd and John Howard, or, you know, yeah. now you've got Peter Dutton and, and um, Rudd. Yeah. Oh, sorry, not <laughs> Albo, sorry. Albo. Um, their job is not to appeal to the weird fringes. Their no. job is to try and convince the big center group of people in yes. the middle. Yes. And that I love. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I, like, even when I was living in England, I was like, you need compulsory voting. You're rewarded for convincing the everyday Aussie yes. that this is a good idea. You are not rewarded for convincing your extremist group on the left or the right yes. that this is the right idea. Yes. And, and that's why I love it, because in Australia, at least, like if something just goes a bit mm. out of kilter, the population just goes, "Oh, we didn't vote for that." Mm. Like you know, mm. right now the gas, uh, the gas bill is on the um, on the front page of the news, and you know, like this, I've got a strong view of it. That's my mm. view, but I think just Australians will go, "We have a problem with energy prices. What are you doing about it?" Oh, uh, that didn't really feel like something we normally would do. Mm. Back to the normal mm. solution. Mm. So, and that's why I love Australia. Mm. No, exactly. But I also love that you have strong views. Right, I think you have to keep having those strong views, and I see it on Facebook. I see your friends push back, but that says a lot about you that you've got people there that are completely go against what you say, and they're still your friends, right? I love them, right? And but that, and that's exactly what we're trying to achieve. And it's you know we want people to have that critical thinking. To if you don't listen to both sides, you know how do you get anywhere? Absolutely. I mean, the Trump thing, my favorite interview was with a woman and, you know, she's saying, oh, yes, no, I think I don't want a woman prime minister. This was with Hillary, right? A a president. Don't want a a woman president because, you know, they just can't control their emotions and we might, you know, end up in more wars, right? Or something like that. And, And the journalist said, I'm not sure, but haven't all wars been started by men? Oh. 
on so many levels. There's a lot of brokenness in American politics, isn't <laughs> it's, there? It's, but it's but the media do not fucking help. They just go to those ends, right? That's the biggest problem. Actually, the biggest problem in the world is the media. Full stop. <laughs> Michelle, I love that I can agree with you on this. The people who whose job it is to try and reason things in society, I want to say, I think I grew up just at the cusp or the creation of the social media. So I don't think I grew up, I wasn't too formed mm. by Facebook when I was mm. a young guy in my mm. early 20s. Yeah. Now, probably very broken. Um, mm. I'm very thankful that I got to read long form journalism. So I mm. love The New Yorker. doesn't always agree with me, mm-hmm. but I love The New yeah. Yorker. And I'm like, yeah. you can't write a long form journalism once a week. It takes months yeah, of research. Yeah. 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 And you've got to invest and it's very expensive. Mm. And the lack, and, and I sort of put it this way, the demise of long form journalism, not that it was the solution, but it's just a, it's a bellwether, mm. was the demise of society. So what's happened that people, we've got, because there's plenty of money out there, right? There's a lot of people with a lot of money. Why isn't this money put in, why hasn't anybody thought of doing that? Like putting it into journalism and, and backing it and getting proper stories, getting the proper... Because the people are fucking dying for it. Yeah. <laughs> they want it so badly, it's not funny. I think you're right on the money. I think people literally will pay good money for good journalism. <laughs> yes. I do. Yeah. Um, and maybe we had to get to that. Maybe we had to go through, it's all free and it's all shit. Um, and now we're like, okay, we'll pay. <laughs> I think we've been through quite a bit of that. <laughs> we'll pay now, okay. There was that, like, I think it was in the in the mid-2000, like around 2010, I think the media companies were like, oh, do we make it all freemium? Do we just make yeah. it free? Yeah. Like, um, now you've got to pay for the Oz, you've got to pay for the Guardian. Mm. And so, like, you get certain mm. articles. But my view is, because technology, the big disruptor in the world, has that mm. everyone's now a journalist. Mm. What's the definition of journalist? You tell me. Mm. I mean, you're a journalist in this podcast. Mm-hmm. Let's be fair. Yeah. Because everyone's now a journalist. Everyone has some truth to tell, which is not untrue. Mm. Everyone can go charge for it. And so it's just, there's a lot more competition. Mm. And, and like, I can go and listen to the Daily Wire. I can go listen to the Guardian and I've got to pay for them. And so there's just more things to consume. Mm. Um, and as the technology has really squeezed media, and they're like, okay, now we got to really earn every dollar. The clickbait has been the solution, and unfortunately, we haven't solved that. And and like, I don't want to say there's no hope because I think that's that's too defeatist. No, there's definitely hope, but there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of noise. Mm. I think that's the challenge. Mm. And human beings are actually really good at sort of telling the noise. Yeah. But I think the problem is that that ability for us to tell, differentiate between good truth, good news, and noise is being superseded by the tech. Because, again, like we said, it's the algorithms that now control what we see. And, and you know, we're in a time-short society. So, mm. you know, you rely much more on those algorithms, which is why. Mm. So, and this comes back to, like you were saying, this is why I love having so many friends who disagree with me. Yeah. It's because I'm like, they will not let me say a thing or believe yeah. a thing without yeah. actually being like, you're wrong. And I'm yeah. like, thank you. Tell me why I'm wrong. Yes. What do I need to know? Exactly. Make me smarter. Exactly. Well, it does make you smarter. It That's does. what people forget. It makes you smarter if you, if you have those debates. So let's finish on this. Tell me about how, how are we going to fix those big tech companies? What's going to happen to them? <laughs> That's a big question. 
Yeah, it's like the what would James do? Um, yes, what would James do? So first of all, and I might be presuming this, but I'm assuming that there's a bit of a bipartisan agenda on this to start with. Mm. The Dems and the Republicans, because they're American companies, let's be fair and say you can't solve it from Australia. No. Australia did one thing successfully, yeah. which was to say make them pay for it at least. Yeah. But ultimately, mm. um, that was economics, not the problem. Mm. In America, I think there is a bipartisan push to keep these companies accountable, mm-hmm. like Joe Biden said mm-hmm. it two weeks ago. Mm. I think, honestly, it's there's, there's not going to be one side that's going to win by pushing an agenda on either. Like the Twitter thing mm. clearly back, backfired. You know, Elon mm. bought Twitter. Everyone could see it was a massive shill and they were doing bidding for both sides, if not one. Yeah. I think, like I said, we've got to remove the ability for a company to be um, a content moderator. Yes. That's probably the challenge, right? Yeah. Is that you've got a duty of care to make sure there's not shit yeah. on there. But pretty much, I think those companies have to say, we're going to step away. Yeah. Our algorithms can't be biased in mm. any way. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I think the big challenge to them is how do they build them so that if I see an argument, how do I see the counterfactual yeah. alongside it? Or am I going to see the counterfactual? They won't want to do it because their economics says, hey, the more yeah. I echo chamber you. Um, and they their marketing is an interesting part in that as well, which they're not even considering. No one's considering that. Because no, no one's sort of seeing that. Yeah, I use Facebook advertising and Google yeah. advertising all the time. Yeah, yeah. Like, what? Mm. They, I mean, that's a pay-for-play system. So mm. I think there's a question there of saying, whoever just has more money wins. Is that the right answer? Yeah. yeah. When, when was that ever the right answer? Yeah, exactly. But that's what's happening. Yeah. 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 I, I am, um, sorry, when Facebook, not Facebook, sorry, when Twitter blocked Donald Trump, mm. and this wasn't because I like Donald, I was just like, no social media organization should ever be able to block a head of state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have the Ayatollah of Iran on there. Like, for mm. goodness sake, that's mm. political. Mm. So my view is I think social media companies should be seen like utilities. Mm. They should be treated like their transfer, like their platforms for the transfer of information. Mm-hmm. Government can regulate that like utility. Mm-hmm. We regulate energy and power yeah. and gas every day. Yeah. Telecoms, regulate yeah. Treat them like utility. Regulate them for easy and free access. Yeah. Um, I don't like regulation naturally, but on no. Even- but I I agree. I I've, I think that has to happen because otherwise otherwise society crumbles, right? Because it's like it's like going okay, we've we've removed the government now, and this this <laughs> fish and chip shop over here who who got really successful, they're now running the country. Yeah. Because it's pretty much what's happened, right? It's just a business that's gone really successful and has a lot of power and influence. We've just gone like, okay, let them run it. Yeah. And we'll just bow like we'll stand back. So everything that we worked very hard to bring together and learn that makes a better society, we're letting them undo that because we're giving them freedom yeah. we've got a responsibility to look after everybody and if this is fucking with them <laughs> the, the I, I think like we're going to look back in 20 years and go wow how did we let that happen yes exactly the, like because they're so instrumental in society now yeah you, you it's like anything it's like you know uh, the other the other answer i think is antitrust so in america the big anti-competitive legislation mm. like what happened to microsoft in the 90s mm. google started breaking itself down into smaller companies and that's mm. why it's now alphabet mm. facebook hasn't disaggregated itself mm. that much and so i'm just a believer it's like if you own this part of a company that knows the marketing 
you shouldn't be able to own the marketing arm and own the search arm. Like you yeah. shouldn't have all yeah. of that in one big company. Yeah. Break it up, sell mm. it off, and that will keep the system honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like it reduces their power, and that's that's what I would think needs to happen. So when will you be prime minister? Or never. Really? <laughs> no, maybe. I, look, it, don't it, say never. Yeah, I shouldn't say never. I really want to say Joe prime minister. <laughs> I bet no one's ever said that to you. That's the best thing I'm going to hear today, Michelle. That's the best thing I'm going to hear today. I have never thought about that in my life. I was like, what are they? What are they? Oh, man. Man. Um, no, but what I see in you is, is somebody who's got an open mind, right? Who really has some clear values, clear purpose. Want You want what's right for people. And this is from a Labour voter, right? <laughs> Who has been, you know, because I grew up poor. I grew up poor. That's what my parents voted for, you know. And my I, grandfather voted Labour. Yeah, Love right. It. Love it. Right. So, but, but I, I want somebody who understands people, who's interested in people, who understands the whole big picture, but is willing to, fucking, have some real um, opinions about stuff informed opinions you know and you've you've sort of narrowed them down to what you believe from a lot of research a lot of study a lot of pushback you haven't come to it just because someone told you <laughs> just that and i'm going to accept that i'm going to get some things wrong like this is what i think yeah. you were saying at the beginning it's like exactly. politicians won't get to change their mind and you would be a politician and change their mind and be like, great. I know. <laughs> what a great idea that politicians could learn something and then change their position on it. So this is the trick. This is the biggest challenge we have. We have to start to accept people that make mistakes, right? We have to stop pulling them down for making mistakes because when I was 16, you know, if I go into politics, just so you know, when I was 16, I dressed up as a Hare Krishna for a fancy dress. You woeful bigot. <laughs> you woeful bigot. I've also gone as a Roman gladiator. Oh, that's not offensive. Isn't it? But no. how... Well, they did kill a lot of people. Oh, I mean, they were killed. I, I'm, sure, I, I, I'm sure people could make that. But, but you know, I had cowboy, cowboy boots, so I wasn't quite <laughs> completely... <laughs> you were Texan Roman gladiator. I can see you now next to Russell Crowe. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, no. Yeah. I... Like, this. the whole point is, you know, people's imperfections. Like, it's as long as they their intentions and they get, they, you know, make a mistake but fix it quick and their intentions are right. I think, like, I, I think we, I don't think they should be called mistakes. No. I, I think if, two things. If you're a politician, you run on a platform, I think you've got to be honest to the platform. So if you said, I'm going to do this and you don't, that's very different from, yes. oh, I'm a politician. There's now this very different scenario I didn't comment on. I once thought this and I, I think you shouldn't change your mind there. If you mm. ran on a platform, you've got to own your platform. Mm, mm. But like, we should be like, oh, you changed your mind, politician. I'm going to reward you. Whereas the media will just tear you down. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then absolutely. push you a backflip. And I'm like, a backflip is not a backflip. A backflip is, you know, more information being Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's exactly what you want people to do. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Imagine having people in life who would never change their mind. Like, oh, like... Yeah, what we expect is ridiculous. It's, it's so annoying. Poor like, it's poor leadership. It's like, I yeah. want my leaders to change their mind when I give them more data. I would, like... I would never survive because of 
the way I would talk back to the media. <laughs> no, I think they'd love you for it. I think they'd, they'd be so... Everyone would be like, oh, thank God, you just said the truth. What's that British politician that punched someone? I mean, I was, <laughs> he got so much respect then. <laughs> I think people would just love, like... You know how, like, we've all seen the charade of the media and the politicians. And to be honest, yeah. we just find it quite refreshing when someone's just like, no, yeah, we're going to do it our off. way. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just so annoying. But sound like a revolutionary. Break the system, Michelle. Break yeah, the system. I think you're, we're in a better position if you do it rather than me. Okay. I'm no, happy no. to be your chief of staff. <laughs> <laughs> you would hate me so much. <laughs> I've no. got my best friend into being my chief of staff. He, he, uh, he's a lawyer and he's like, oh, I'm going to need a lot of whiskey over there. I'll pay for it. It's all right. Wow, that was a great conversation. Thank you, James, for a wonderful conversation. And thank you, listeners. Bye.